Central Coast. And I visited all those people, talked with them and looked at their sites. And it did seem like there was some real possibility. And so I continued to look on the coast. I wanted something that was a bigger piece of property that would have both ag land on it and for livestock. And so that limited to me where I could look. I really avoided Napa County because I felt like Napa County was all done. It was not quite as adventurous as I was feeling. But ultimately, a piece of property did end up in southern Napa County between the town of Napa and Sonoma, a mile from the county line. And it was a 1,300-acre ranch and two additional acquisitions of neighboring property. I, being a Texan, don't covet anybody's land but my neighbor's. There were two additional purchases. Today, the property is 2,000 acres. And um, we have 200 acres of grapes. And we make seven different kinds of wine. It started out that I decided that I wasn't going to do a winery and that I would just grow grapes. So I planted Pinot Noir and Chardonnay first and sold them to classmates of mine at Davis. Uh, John Consgard went to work for Peter Newton and Dick Ward and David Graves had Saintsbury. And I, so I sold the Pinot Noir to to Dick and Dave at Saintsbury and the Chardonnay to Peter Newton. And well, it continued on like that. Every year I'd plant 10 more acres or 15 more acres and I'd get another classmate to buy them. Uh, Dave Ramey came in early. Helen Turley was not a classmate. And then Steve Kistler started buying Pinot Noir from me. At the same time, I got fascinated with vertical trellising, head suckering, things that people weren't doing at the time. Because originally it was T-trellis when you did the 80s plantings, right? The 82 and the 83 planting and the 84 planting were all just three-wire T. That's like California sprawl, right? The California sprawl. And it was in 86 when I did my next planting The 84 vintage was wet, and there was a lot of bunch rot. And I really, that really freaked me out. I didn't like it at all. I just, I said, this is, we got to get airflow in this canopy. And so, I mean, it wasn't just me. There were a lot of people thinking along the same lines. You know, if the 70s was the decade of enological expansion and advancement in California, the 80s was really where we, for the first time, really turned to the vineyards. And we said, okay, what can we do in the vineyards to reduce inputs, reduce impacts, fewer sprays, and using Mother Nature to our benefit? So in 86, to get more airflow into the canopy, I took a California sprawl vineyard and I replaced the the line posts and turned it into a vertically trained vineyard. And that vineyard still exists today. And it was our first experience with vertical trellising. And I soon converted all our California sprawl into vertically trained vineyard. 
it was so obvious that rot was reduced, that mildew pressure was reduced, and that better sunlight exposure matured tannins better and matured the fruit better. So vertical trellising happened in the 80s, and also leaf removal in the canopy started for the first time. Head suckering started for the first time. What I think started to fascinate me more was in certain varieties was the fact that some of these numbered selections that we had had enormous clusters. Clonal material that you'd gotten from Clonal material, like clone 104 Chardonnay that was a heat-treated selection of clonal Chardonnay that came out of plant foundation material in Davis. And we would just see high incidences of rot, even without a lot of rot pressure. The clusters would crush the berries from expansion of the berries. And all you needed was cool nights. Uh, You don't really need moisture for botrytis. So I started looking for plant material that didn't have such large clusters. 